Welcome to the No Spin Dash Zone. I am your host, Isaiah, and I'm joined, as always, by Charlie. Hi! And Steven. Welcome. This week and next week, we played uh, Sonic Adventure 2. Next week, we played Sonic Adventure 2. <laughs> for, the, for the Dreamcast and also the GameCube, because Sonic Adventure 2 Battle, also. If you watched our Sonic Adventure episode, then you already know the deal. And also, if you know about this game at all, you also know the deal. I might cry during this podcast. You might cry? If not this one, then the next one. I feel like pretty much everybody I've talked to knows Battle more than Sonic Adventure 2 itself. And I don't know if that's just that everybody I've talked to is my age. <laughs> so I don't... To be fair... Yeah. To be fair... Yeah. Sonic Adventure 2 on the Dreamcast is not that great. Like, Sonic Adventure is better than Sonic Adventure DX, but Sonic Adventure 2 Battle is better than Sonic Adventure 2. To be clear, Sonic Adventure DX is better than Sonic Adventure. I don't know what Charlie's talking about. Uh, that's a glitchy mess. It's... They're both glitchy messes. Yeah, but DX is glitchier. But Sonic Adventure has the Chow Garden with the Black Market, it, so... It, it's, it's not good. It either. doesn't matter. Like, getting rings matters in that game, and getting rings does not matter in Sonic Adventure, therefore Sonic Adventure DX is better. Well, let me tell you, getting rings in this game doesn't matter either. In Sonic Adventure 2? Yeah. No, it matters a lot. No, it matters in Sonic Adventure 2 Battle, not Sonic Adventure 2. That one doesn't have the black market either? No. Yeah, okay, then again, it's like they're both of the Dreamcast ones are awful because getting rings is pointless. Anyway. Just, just to, so we'll be covering the, the the GameCube ports pretty much always, I guess, then. Yeah. So, so Steven, did you play the Steam version? No, I have a, I got my GameCube out for this because I actually like this game. All right, all right. Yeah, I was I was gonna play the the PC version because I have it, but I don't actually have it. So I played the GameCube version instead because I actually have it. <laughs> <laughs> like you do. What a useful thing for me to say. So uh, this week we're gonna talk about just just to make sure this is this is what we're planning. This week we're gonna talk about the Sonic gameplay and we're gonna talk about the plot. And next week we'll talk about the uh, the Eggman Tails gameplay and the uh, Knuckles Rouge. I think we'll also just be talking about some like general things on the game that happen yeah. early on. Yeah. yeah. So without further ado, Charlie, how many characters can you <laughs> play as in this game? Is it six? Question mark. Six and maybe twelve. Maybe fourteen if. You're really stretching. But if we're being honest, it's really three. It's three. <laughs> so, I mean, if you compare this game to DX, for, to Sonic Adventure, which we're probably going to do several times, uh, there are much fewer different modes of gameplay, uh, but they are much more polished, and there's actually content for each of them this time. Barring one of them, they're much more polished. Well, well, we'll get to that. But I mean, like, there are levels designed specifically for each character, which was not the case in Sonic Adventure. Right, that's the clearest detail, is that every character actually feels like they exist in a different, like, game almost, so it feels a lot better to play as someone else. Yeah. And that's, import that's important because in the 2D Sonic games, it's pretty easy to just let a character do a unique thing, and then that lets them explore levels in a different way, and you only have to adjust level design slightly. But in the case of a 3D game, because of the way their powers work, it's kind of silly to put Knuckles in a Sonic level because he just doesn't function the same way. Yeah, well, because especially Sonic is extremely linear, and Knuckles, especially the gameplay they designed for him is about exploration and linear exploration like it doesn't it doesn't work and so taking the same concept and just saying okay well let's design a level around what this what his gameplay is about uh improves it drastically 
Yeah, well, I mean, even if you did just, like, dump Knuckles into Sonic levels, like, it wouldn't work. Yeah. yeah. Like, you could climb over certain obstacles that just break the level in a particular way. <laughs> yeah, uh, especially because, I mean, you know, in we have City Escape, for example, right, where there's a bunch of buildings. Yeah. Knuckles could just climb over the buildings and then, you know, could right. level. Or glide over the entire snowboarding segment that we'll be talking about in a second. Oh yeah, oh man. How about that snowboarding segment? So Sonic Adventure 2 slash Battle allows you to pick either hero or dark story, which basically you can play as a set of three characters or like juxtaposed set of three characters. Yeah. And in the hero mode, you play as Sonic, Knuckles, and Tails. We'll be discussing Sonic's gameplay, like we said. And in dark mode, you play as Shadow, Rouge, and Eggman. But the first thing we'll be talking about is probably hero mode, since that's where, like, I imagine a lot of people started. Yep. So, the first level in hero story, hero mode, what do we, it's, it's hero story, right? Yeah, it's hero story. Yeah. So, the first level is Sonic jumping out of, like, a like a jail plane? Jail plane. Yeah, a military helicopter that had previously apprehended him. Oh, it is a helicopter, isn't it? No, I think it's a plane. It's it's a helicopter. I remember... No, he sits on a wing. He sits right. on a wing. T- time to... Isn't he holding on to, like, the foot thing? Like, the little foot rack? The... No, he, he holds on to some kind of foot, but then he... You know what? Let me look up the cutscene, okay? Yeah, I'm, I'm booting up the game to, to look at the cutscene right now. Because I'm pretty sure he is. it is a plane that has, like, propellers. It is seven minutes into this podcast, and we are discussing whether or not a plane is a helicopter. <laughs> That's that sounds like us, to be honest. You can change the facts; they act like they act. Woo, Bega. But a plane is not a helicopter. A copter. No, you just gotta say copter because it doesn't like, it doesn't line up better. A copter. So, yeah. So th- it has it has the helicopter blade, but it also has wings. But there's missiles on the wings, so maybe it's just something to put the missiles on. Like it's definitely a helicopter for sure. Does it have tiny wings? Yeah, they're tiny wings. They're not as long as the plane, as the helicopter is long. Then I would say that it is a helicopter with wings and not a plane with a propeller. Okay. Yeah. Look, that's this. none of this is important. <laughs> but he does take a chunk off of it in order to snowboard. Yeah, and he snowboards on the ground, which is not real. Also, apparently Sonic has been on a plane before because he mentions uh, cheap air flights. With no movies or popcorn or whatever. There's grade A Sega banter, for sure. To be clear, this game also feels out of place as hell. Oh yeah, yeah. Even more out of place than Sonic Adventure did. Well, the thing is that now that it's after Sonic Adventure, everything feels more reasonable. Yeah. But like, still, it's like, I don't think we emphasized enough, and we emphasized it a lot. Playing this game as, like, Isaiah, you just you said that as a person who just played all the other Sonic games, playing this one feels cool. I want to make it clear that if you were played this game when it came out, and you had played every Sonic game up until then, you would be, like, scratching your head. <laughs> I, I also, so I said that about Sonic Adventure, and now I'm I'm trying to do the same for Sonic Adventure 2, and it's just like, we took Sonic Adventure, and we worked on it for three years, I think it was three years, it was 1998 and then 2001. Yeah, and it was the longest development cycle for a Sonic game ever. Yeah, which, which makes sense, uh, because it's much, much more polished than Sonic Adventure DX, and considering how unpolished it sometimes feels, that's saying something. Yeah. But it, it doesn't, you know, it's not revolutionary the way Sonic Adventure was. No, it's it's just way refined from what Sonic Adventure was. Yeah, which is great, but it's not it's not as 
I'm not as quote-unquote impressed as I was putting myself in the shoes of somebody who was playing all of them in order in the years they came out, pretending that it was that year. You know? Yeah, well, the thing is that, like, I felt as if I was putting myself in that sort of perspective, but what I got from it was this isn't nearly as polished as every other game I played. Like, we played Sonic 3 and Knuckles, and, like, that shit looks beautiful. Oh, yeah. And then we get to this, like, 3D polygon mess, <laughs> and I'm thinking, like, why did we transition here? Like, if we had played Sonic Adventure 2 Battle and skipped DX, yeah. I think that graphically it's okay enough that, like, you can look at that and still feel like it's Sonic. Yeah. Whereas, like, playing Adventure and DX, again, like, slash DX, <laughs> yeah. I felt really jarred. And I did when I was a kid, too. Because when I, when I was younger, I played Sonic Adventure 2 Battle first, and I picked up DX later. And after that, I had already played, like, Sonic 1, 2, and 3, and I had to make a so I played a few of the other like weirder ones. Yeah. So I had this huge background and I played DX and like even as a kid I was like this is kind of not <laughs> what I thought it was. Like I was really hoping for just two battle but maybe a yeah. little simpler. I also played those games in, in that order. I think for me it was two battle and then DX and then it was Mega Collection. Yeah. DX definitely, I mean like <laughs> I do get it. You know, uh, it's... To, to say it's a less polished version of this game is a huge understatement. Yeah, it's again, it's a heaping mess. It's really cool, but it's a heaping mess. Very experimental. Yeah. Well, and, and, and the other thing is, you talked about, like, graphics stuff like that. Uh, I think it's really interesting the way this game just changed all of the animations instead of sticking with adventures animations, you know, for Sonic and stuff like that. Yeah, you mean, like, the disgusting, awful eye movement and ear movement? Well, okay, they could have polished, but, like, for example, right, Sonic's jumping animation in Adventure is the, like, trademark go-into-a-ball thing, right? Right. And in, and in Adventure 2, he just kind of crouches and there's, like, a blue haze around him, you know? But he doesn't, he doesn't go into that ball, right? Well, it's also really weird because in DX, he goes into a ball, but it, like, quick swaps with his actual crouched model in the ball, so it looks super gross. It doesn't look good, but that's what's interesting to me. <laughs> like, because... Because you have, in 2D Sonic, you have this, you have the same thing where it's Sonic crouching, sort of squished a little bit, and then it switches between that and a ball, right? And it looks great in 2D, and it doesn't look good in 3D. So they, for Sonic Adventure 2, they were like, let's do something else, you know? Yeah, yeah, it's like they realized that you have to animate 3D differently than 2D. Yeah. I mean, he still goes into a ball and does a spin dash or the bounce attack, but... Yeah, and that, that feels a lot more natural because it is significantly faster by comparison. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it doesn't do the swap thing. Like, he, if he is in the ball mode, he stays in the ball mode until some other action is input. Yeah. Personally, I really like the aura thing it does when you go, when you jump. It just looks nice. Yeah. yeah, it's it's almost like a lighting effect, but it was before lighting was a thing. It also looks a million times better than the charged light dash in the previous game. Oh, yeah. Because, I don't know if we discussed this, but when you charge a light dash in Sonic Adventure, like, your polygon just kind of expands at its vertices, so it's really clear to see every try, and it looks kind of gross because it's just mapped over Sonic. And then when you jump, for some reason, the polygons squish in a weird way, so it looks like he just has, like, saw blades. Yeah. It looks like Mecha Sonic, but... No, Worse. don't make it sound cool. It, no part of it is cool. 
You're right. You're right. In this game, light dashing, you don't have to charge for it anymore. So you just have the B button and he warps. But the aura effects sort of act as a replacement for that. And it makes him feel cool and fast in a much better way. In a much more consistent yeah. way, too. Yeah. I like especially when you do the homing attack, uh, the the aura like just sort of creates a line that is the line that you traveled. Mm -hmm. And that feels very cool. Yeah, I also like how coming out of a homing attack, like, you fall. You sort of, like, turn to a ball. And then if you reach a certain point, your momentum stops and you're sort of just free falling yeah. yeah and i feel like th that actually feels really good in this game mm -hmm. and you have like an impact aura too oh yeah you're, you're right as you're falling this is another thing i don't actually know if this is in dx but i'm just walking around in the chow garden uh when you move fast there are like speed lines that go behind you which is just that's that's just a cool thing you know yeah there's also when you turn left and right while you're running in this game there's this sort of tilt that you get that looks really cool yeah it <laughs> Fun fact, it does not work for Eggman in the Chow Garden. Like, it applies for Eggman, and because he's such a, a significantly taller character than everybody else, it looks very bad. Yeah, well, we'll get into that later. But. Yeah. But yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of like improvements to small touches like animation and stuff like that to this game as compared to Sonic Adventure. And a lot of that is let's just take what we did in Sonic Adventure, like study it, do a postmortem, mortem, and then throw it in the trash and start over. Yeah, even the character models are rebuilt from the ground up. No one looks the same as they did in the previous game. Yeah. Yeah. They actually better reflect the new artwork they got. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Like, the Sonic in Sonic Adventure looks almost like quote-unquote classic Sonic, whereas, like, Sonic Adventure 2 definitely defines what modern Sonic was supposed to look like. Yeah. yeah. Including the, like, darker blue that, you know, if you play Sonic Generations, they, like, play up how much lighter classic Sonic's blue is. Yeah, he's, like baby blue in that game which looks super gross it, it kind of does convey the like age difference though you know yeah yeah but there's not actually secretly secretly there's not actually an age difference <laughs> i mean yeah that's true sonic wasn't a child in that game like he was still <laughs> a teenager and he's just an older teenager now how do we feel about the soap shoes I like the soap, soap shoes. <laughs> I love the soap shoes. What I don't, what is interesting is though, is that in the very beginning cutscene, like, like assuming you've never had this on your save file, yeah. he has original shoes, but like, yeah. Once you get into the game, it's soap shoes from now on. I kind of wish they were an upgrade that you got super early. First of all, to illustrate that upgrades exist, because there's not an upgrade for a few levels, and it's really weird. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think the first one is in Metal Harbor. Yeah. yeah. Which is that? That's like, what, the third level? Yeah, the third level. Or is it the fourth? No, it's the fourth level, because it's Sonic, and then okay. uh, Knuckles, and then Tails, and then Sonic again. Oh, yeah, that's right. Okay, so yeah, you don't get an upgrade for a while, and I wish they introduced the upgrade system early. I also wish that, like, so there are upgrades in this game, and there were upgrades in the previous game, but the issue here is that there's not a hub world in Sonic Adventure. You just stage select, and it takes you from stage to stage, which I much prefer. I think that that's way more conducive to Sonic's gameplay. Mm -hmm. I like both systems. I, when I was young, I strongly disagreed with that. I was like, hub world's just better, because it's cool to walk around. But I think hearing you describe the hub worlds uh, in our in our previous episode, I'm sort of inclined to agree yeah. that the lack of hub world improved the game because you don't have to worry about clunky collision nearly as much. Right. Yeah. And it's, I mean, I guess this is more of a UI thing than a overall game design, but like when you get to the stage select in this game, it's just a lot easier than in, where DX, you would, if you were, like if you went back into story mode, you could just visit the entrance, but that's tedious. Yeah. Or it's also tedious to just like, oh, select a character. Okay, now select their stage in this list because the stage selects like, here's a map of everywhere you've been and you could just go to it and play it. Yeah, it looks really gross, and in this game, it looks a lot nicer, the stage select 
does. Mm -hmm. Because in the previous game, like Charlie said, you basically have a grid of levels that shows you like which levels you've done and which quote unquote missions you've completed. Yeah. And they're and they're tied to a map too. Yeah. Right. Well, in this game they are. In the previous yeah. game, you still got a similar thing. You could go to a stage select, but it was very lumpy and gross looking. Unpolished yeah. basically. Whereas in this game, you get this cool map that's drawn in in a neat little like simplistic style so you can see like a city and then anyone who has a stage in the city has their like icon hovering over it and if you select it you can do like mission street or you can do escape from the city or city escape escape from the city <laughs> that's the name of the song that plays yeah so going back to upgrades well actually i want to talk about something before we go to the upgrades because uh sonic has a new move and it's i guess it's kind of controversial i'm personally a fan he has a somersault which oh yeah when you use it, it allows you to destroy certain objects, usually crates, which are quite abundant in this game. And it does slow down your momentum, but in certain ways, it's kind of cool to do it. I like it after a certain upgrade. Yeah. I like how it looks when you somersault and then jump immediately, because oh, then yeah. he's like still sort of somersaulting in the air, and it looks really cool. Well, he does a front flip. He's like a little back flip. Oh, yeah, it's a back flip. He has a unique animation for it. He does like a trick, basically. Yeah, which is really cool, and I... I, when I was a kid, I was like, did they intend this, or is this just like a weird bug of trying to transition between two different animations? And I'm still not positive. Oh, no, you can tell that it's a unique animation, because it always plays out the same exact way, and it's, and he has a different pose, because his, so basically, when he somersaults, he's in, like, the spin dash pose, but it's just slowed down a little bit, and then when you jump, his feet extend in a certain way, and he sort of, like, holds his shoes pointed downwards, as if he was, like, free-falling, right. which is completely different from how how he looks when he jumps normally and you also have a different jump height so it's definitely intended okay it's got a very particular arc and i think you can you have get a different jump height yeah you have a different jump height when you do it it's like a short hop basically it's always a short hop basically crazy like do it really quick if you've got a chance yeah i'm 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 doing it right now i it, it looks like it's the same height i think it is if you hold it for the same length. Uh, although although looking at it, it's actually, this is very clearly is uh, an original animation. It's not the thing I thought it was as a kid. Yeah, it's kind of hard to tell from far out, but when you're in the chow garden, which I'd imagine you are, it's easy to see up close. <laughs> yeah. You were talking about the one that makes it look cool, and I'm assuming you're talking about the flame ring. Yeah. And flame ring basically lets you destroy steel containers. And really, every character has a has a upgrade that allows them to destroy steel containers. They also have an upgrade that lets them use the Mystic Melee, which we'll probably discuss later. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But go ahead with what you were going to say about the Flame Ring. Well, I was just thinking, like, a lot of these upgrades make Sonic look cooler, period. Mm -hmm. Like, they, he wears them. Yeah. And yeah. that happened in the previous game, but a lot of them didn't look as good, or they didn't seem like they were modeled with the character in mind. And there weren't that many. Yeah, there's just, like, two or three for each character, right? Yeah. Um, in this game, the first one that you get is the light speed dash, which appears as like these little nodes on your shoes, right? Right. Or is that the wait? That's Sonic Adventure. They're like they're like well, in Sonic Adventure, it's like a little like yellow thing on I think, but in this one, like, they're like glowing green like things on your heels. Yeah. In this game, they look a lot cooler because yeah. they yeah. sort of emphasize the soap shoes. And I was thinking to myself, I wish the soap shoes were an upgrade because it would be nice to see Sonic's like classic shoe design. And then quickly as the game starts, you get soap shoes, which in this game you can grind. And that's supposedly what the soap shoes are for because they have these little notches in them. Yeah. But they're also just super over-designed like fancy shoes. <laughs> which is, you know, that's the shoe that... This yeah. is a brand deal, you know. It's sponsored by so uh, by Soap Shoes, which is no longer in business, I think. Rip. 
they weren't in business like a year after the game came out, were they? <laughs> I, I think that's the I think that's the case. But it's funny because you can see billboards that have their logo on them and stuff like that. Like they were very much so a part of this game to the point where, like, as a kid, I think we all just thought that it was a Sonic thing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, especially because we played it long after Soap Shoes stopped being a thing. Right. More or less. And you mentioned the light speed dash, and you no longer have to charge for that. Huge improvement. And you can just, you could basically use it on any trail of rings, which is really great in, like, other games after this. Yeah. Mostly, I'm probably mostly thinking of Generations, where it just only lets you hit certain, God, I can't say words, certain trails of rings. Which sort of defeats the purpose, in my opinion. It does. I hate Sonic Generations. <laughs> we will get there. But I... The Ancient Light is back, but you still have to charge that, but it's like, you're not going to use it anyway. Yeah, to be clear, the Ancient Light is the ability that lets you sort of light speed dash at enemies. Basically, mm -hmm. if you use it, it'll do a really advanced version of the homing attack that doesn't stop until you hit an enemy, and then if there's another enemy nearby, it'll bounce you towards that one. Yeah. It can look pretty glitchy, but... But sometimes you'll just orbit them. Yeah, that's when it gets weird. <laughs> there's a lot of upgrades, especially for Sonic that just kind of don't matter, like magic hands or magic gloves. Yeah, the magic hands. Oh, I forgot about the magic gloves. Like, it's it's a bit where you have to hit Y a bunch of times to make it the thing that appears when you hit B, and you have to be near enemies. And also, if you jump, you undo all of those Y presses. So you have to basically make yourself vulnerable, and what they do is they make it so that you can turn enemies into something that you can hold, Yeah. so that... Like a ball. Yeah, so that you can defeat them more easily but that's clearly not like that's not easier yeah. that's much harder it doesn't speed the game up in any way and it is never a more score optimized option if you're trying to get like an a rank in a mission yeah there's literally no reason to ever do it aside from the novelty of it which wears off immediately, immediately because of how difficult it is to do in the first place they are fun to find though yeah they're they're fun to find i think it's it's very interesting that there are a lot of uh optional upgrades within linear stages yeah I was gonna that's something that I want to get to in a little bit but I guess we'll talk about it right now since we're already on the subject of upgrades I think that this game does a really really bad job of convincing you to explore in the Sonic levels yeah but like once you figure out that basically Knuckles levels are non-linear so you're gonna be doing a lot of exploring anyway right. and eventually you'll probably find a secret upgrade with him I think the first one that most people would find is in the aquatic mine yeah but eventually you'll learn that there are hidden upgrades for Knuckles and then if you're playing this for a long time eventually you'll find what's called a Mystic Melody, which is, a, like Charlie said, an upgrade that everyone has that basically just lets them, like, find Chow, which yeah. we'll get to in a minute. But <laughs> it's a it's a move where you press B next to this tiny little temple-looking thing, and then it warps you somewhere. It's really... I think it's one of the worst game design elements of this game. Yeah. But once you find that, like, you might think, oh, the same little temple things are in Sonic's level. Maybe he has one, too. And then you'll start exploring levels. But by that point, you've got so many levels to explore, and his Mystic Melody is in the final level, which is terrible. Yeah. Well, so I actually found that the first Mystic Melody that I found in, in this playthrough, I've made a lot of playthroughs, so take <laughs> my experience with a, a grain of salt, of course. Uh, but I found that my first uh, Mystic Melody was actually Shadows, which was also in his his final level as well. Uh, but I found it by accident. Yeah, it's yeah. really easy to accidentally find it because those levels are convoluted. Which I think might be maybe intentional. I kind of agree because exploring this, those space levels is a little bit more interesting because you have a, these weird things that you can go around, like the rails and the gravity tubes in Shadows' case. And Shadow, by the way, plays exactly like Sonic. 
but with less upgrades. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I, w I was really a fan of how that went. And even with the magic hands, finding those, it's like, oh, there's steel containers. Uh, I get the bounce attack, I can hit down, but I can't get steel containers. Oh, I have the flame ring. So now I, I can hit those containers and get there. It's like, yeah, it's useless, but like you can see the thing in plain sight to like want to go get it and figure out what's there. My issue isn't that like isn't where they're hidden. It's that you're never taught that there are things hidden in Sonic's level because every upgrade up until then, like all of the necessary upgrades are just in your path because obviously they should be. If they were hidden, that would be stupid. I mean, Lightspeed Dash like requires you to think a little bit like it's not they don't hand it to you no it doesn't because you can't like just jump off of the harbor like it points you there's a giant like red handrail thing so you know where it's at yeah, right. but the mystic melody in sonic's final level you have to take a very specific set of like left and right turns to get to it and then you have to hit like a weird spring right yeah you have to you have deliberately you have to deliberately leave this like safety railing yeah like, you have to jump off of it onto a rocket you know so like it's it's weird that there's exploration and it's also weird this mystic melody it's a kind of useless skill basically it doesn't do anything yeah. besides open up this opportunity to do the extra missions that this game has because in the previous game we had three missions for each stage you would have an a a b and a c and in sonic adventure 2 you have five you've got the basic just get to the end of the level there's a second mission in each level which is 100 rings you have to get 100 rings and the level ends automatically it's basically just a way easier version of the previous level you played yeah well you have to not get hit. I mean, yes, you have to not get hit, but for most of them, you can get 100 rings within like 50 seconds. Yeah. So not getting hit usually isn't a huge issue if you're already that far in the game. That's true. But the third level, or the third mission for each level, is to find a hidden chow, which is usually as simple as getting a certain distance into the level and then stopping at a little temple-shaped thing and using Mystic Melody, and then it just warps you to the chow or bounces you to the chow or does something like that. Sometimes there's a small challenge, but for the most part, that's pretty much it. Yeah, yeah. and and I hate this because it's not rewarding. Like, it's just the game basically gating you from completing certain tasks until you're all the way at the end. Yeah. When I would rather just be able to play as much of Sonic's levels as possible because they're the best levels in the game. Like, I want to play City Escape five times before I play the rest of the game. But you just can't <laughs> because you have to beat Hero Story before Sonic gets his Mystic Melody. I do like that uh, all of the missions in this game are different from each other, unlike in Sonic Adventure, yeah. where all three of the missions were uh, beat the game. Now this time, beat the game with this amount of rings. Now this time, beat the game with even more rings. <laughs> Well, they're all kind of the same, really. Especially the main mission. The cart levels have different missions, obviously, but it's like, it's always, uh, okay, the second mission is get rings, third one is find the, find the chow, fourth one is be within a certain time limit, and the fifth one is beat hard mode. Yeah, but hard mode has different designs in it. That's true. Like, it takes the same architecture of the level, and then it moves stuff around so that, number one, it's unfamiliar. You've already played this mission a bunch of times and familiarized yourself with it. Now you have to relearn it. And it is more challenging. And so it, I, I appreciate it at least a lot more than I did in Sonic Adventure's multiple missions. Well, I'd like to say that also what this structure does is it gives you a normal level and the parameters for beating that level are pretty simple. And also this game adds in the ranking system that we actually saw in Sonic Pocket Adventure. Yeah. And that's important because it rewards good play, as opposed to the previous game, which, like, if you're playing Sonic Adventure and not DX, good play literally doesn't matter, because your rings don't matter, and animals don't fall out of you when you get hit or anything. So just screwing up isn't penalized in any way, really. You're losing momentum and time. 
Right, but time doesn't matter. Like, it's just, it's basically just when you get hit, the game is more boring, which shouldn't be a punishment. Like, the game being boring should not be your punishment. Yeah. So, Sonic Adventure DX is a little bit better because rings matter, so you don't want to get hit, but even then, rings don't matter enough that it feels like, like it really matters again. And then that game also has the casino level, which you get a bunch of rings and you just have to lose them anyway. So rings feel weird in Sonic Adventure. But in Sonic yeah. Adventure 2, you have a ranking system. So basically, if you complete a level within a certain time, you defeat a certain amount of enemies and you get a certain amount of rings all those things sort of combine into a score at the end and if you reach a certain score level you get an a rank which is the best that you can get in skin mm -hmm. and if you get uh, th there's sort of a reward at the end of the game which is if you get a's for every level for a certain character you'll get an additional emblem but like just seeing the a at the bottom of the screen and seeing it on your stage select screen because it basically catalogs that for you at the stage select yeah it's really rewarding to like know that you beat the level well and then it feels good to do that in the first level and then to do the rings you have to sort of learn a ring path yeah and then the faster you do that the better your grade gets and then you learn the beginning of the level really really well so that when you go to do the third part of it which is getting the secret chow you can get through the first part of the level really fast and you feel that learning curve and the chow is usually about like three quarters of the way into the level so you learn that three quarters like point really really well until you can get an a on the chow and then when you do the time attack you have to beat the whole level really fast so it's sort of like gives you the level in its purest form which is just playing the thing and it's pretty easy to get an a and then it teaches you the first half of the level really quick and then it teaches you three-fourths of the level and how to beat that really quick and then you just beat the whole level fast and then at the end of all of that you put everything that you've learned together and you get a super hard challenging level yeah so the game feels like it's teaching you the whole time as opposed to sonic adventure dx which was just like eh, whenever you're done yeah and especially because like i mean sonic adventure has this sort of like play it at your own pace i guess like there's no real reason to do anything else exactly which doesn't make sense for a sonic game at all like it's definitely more fun to move faster but this game mechanically rewards speed as well yeah and it's it's probably has the greatest incentive out of any sonic game that's come prior to to actually convince you to do well yeah that was what i was thinking was like the only interesting thing about sonic pocket adventure was that it added the time attack and ranking system so i felt really encouraged to play that game well which in turn made it super fun and i'm surprised that like that idea didn't come from sonic team yeah <laughs> That is true. Uh, but yeah, Sonic... Yeah, I called you Sonic. Oh my lord. <laughs> Charlie. Way past cool. What do you think of Sonic's first level, now that we've explained the mechanical loop of this game? I mean, what else can I say besides iconic with that great vocal song, which is, uh, ironically, his only vocal track in a stage? Uh, that's well, extremely not true. In Sonic stages. In Sonic stages. In Sonic stages, yeah. Yes, but you know, you start with that snowboarding. It's like not a. It's like something you're only gonna use one other time. But it's just really nice to do it and get some jumps off some ramps. And you're oh shoot, I'm playing an actual Sonic game now, so I'm gonna run in. I'm gonna do the homing attack. Oh, I got a somersault now. Ooh, rails. I'm gonna grind that shit. <laughs> and then you're like. You, you learn to get under crevices, and you had these new enemies. And you have Omo Child there to help you along the way. Yeah. And then you find ramps again. Like oh wait, I can jump with those and. Whoosh! <laughs> like, just like on the board, but I can do it free with my feet. And then you go under, and there's a truck, and like, oh, we gotta run away. It's like, it's just like the orca whale in uh, Sonic Adventure 1. But it's a truck that is the size of the entire road, and it is knocking down every single car. Yeah, that that is a, that is a lot of damage, to quote Phil Swift. It's also actually <laughs> dangerous. Yeah. Mm. Like, the orca is not a, an obstacle, but the truck is, like, very dangerous. Yeah. So, you mentioned Omo Chow, and... 
<laughs> Here's the thing. He is not bad in this game. Oh, no. I think he's actually super important to what this game is. He is really cool. He, like, tells you what to do. There's even a little tutorial in the that you can find in, like, the sub-menus. Yeah. And it has a cool little song that goes with it. I think he's better than Tikal. Yeah, way better. Right. Well, because when you hit to because Tikal like has like a is like an actual object, so you like ruin a bit of momentum. But Omochao, he's like you just kind of push him, and he's like, oh, I'm gonna fly around and tell you what. And, and even if he gets in your way, like especially in the tails levels, you can just <laughs> shoot him. It'll interrupt the message, but like you'll also get a cool little like one of three messages like him complaining or yeah, he'll react. And and you can also if you're Sonic or or Knuckles. Uh, or the dark versions of them, you can pick him up, and he has special dialogue for that, too. Yeah, and you can throw him. He's actually really fun. Like, even if you if you played this game a lot, you'll kind of get annoyed by him, maybe, because he's, like, the Navi of this game, like a yeah. little character that just says things that you obviously know if you played the game 300 times. Yeah. Like, for a new player, I think Omochao is super important because he tells you stuff like, sometimes hitting B does 18 different things in this game. So, like, the one <laughs> you need to do here is hit it lightly while not moving. So, like, that's important because... Not all of these controls are intuitive. Yeah. But, and there's maybe a better way to teach you that. But I think that he's an alright solution. But it's also fun because they sort of designed him to assume that maybe you'll play the game more than once. So there's different things you can do to interrupt him like they were talking about. And it's sort of fun to interact with him in that way. Right. Because now he's like this silly dork that you can beat up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's also kind of cool. In uh, in Sonic Adventure 2 Battle specifically, in White Jungle for Shadow and City Escape for Sonic... He's at the end of the level, and if you take him to the gold ring, he'll have a special dialogue. You're like, wow, that big truck scared me. Or this fog reminds me of San Francisco, which is what a majority of this game is based off of because this was developed by Sonic Team USA, who was stationed there. Um, yeah. I forgot that this... <laughs> I forgot all about that. Yeah, this game is, like, great. I mean, Cityscape is very obviously San Francisco. Well, and so is uh, Radical Highway. Yeah. Well, yeah, and then the kart racing games are, like, named after actual places. Like, 101 is, like, the U.S. Uh, US highway, and Route 280 is an interstate. Right. Now, there is a big difference, though, between the real-life routes and the ones in this game, which seem to be positioned on top of the ocean. Yeah, I was going to say, you mean that there aren't unsupported winding roads right well uh, up, like floating above the ocean three miles away from the city oh yeah but then then there's a mission street and radical highway where they just hit walls and do loop-de-loops and so so something i think sonic adventure does better than sonic adventure 2 is uh construct a level that makes sense within the narrative like within the environment that exists right hold on hold on uh, hold on hold on hold are you telling me that the city level from sonic adventure like makes sense it, the city level might be a bad example. Okay, and now what about that boardwalk level on the beach where you, you know, run across a wooden bridge that again goes for like a mile outside of the lake that is next to a killer whale? You mean the part where the killer whale destroys it? Look, you're pretty far out there, okay? That's that's old stuff, so of course that, that bridge would be rickety. City you know? Escape makes tons of sense right up until the loop-de-loop on the street. Like, whenever there's a street loop-de-loop, that's silly, right? <laughs> but, like, I wasn't yeah. even thinking about what Charlie mentioned earlier, where sometimes streets just end in walls. Like... It's almost <laughs> Dude, feasible I... that a car could do a loop-de-loop if it was, like, a muscle car or just a really good sports car. But the idea... Radical Highway is the worst about it, though. Yeah, the idea like... of it just running into a wall that's textured like a road is hilarious. <laughs> but that's... You know, Sonic Adventure doesn't really do that. Or if it does, it obfuscates it really well. I'm sorry, did you mention the fact that one of the roads just goes to the side of a building? I'm going to be sending you nothing but screenshots of bad Sonic Adventure level design 
for the next month. Honestly, please do. I mean, like, Twinkle Park, dude. Send me pictures of nonsensical, like, Sonic Adventure level design at twitter.com slash IsaiahGames. I want to see that crap. Like, Twinkle Circuit, Twinkle Circuit is in that city, right? But Twinkle Circuit is so, like, that's such a real, it's a, it's a theme park. You're just going in places that you're not goes, supposed to go. That goes underground for miles and miles. Like, mole people built that shit, dude. It's not miles and miles. It's a, it's a bottomless pit. Tails per hour. Isaiah, fucking... Uh, send us pictures of your wacky local roadways. Yeah, I want to I see real-life roads that look like they do in Sonic Adventure 2. So... If you can show me the country road that leads to your hometown, where it does a loop-de-loop... So, you're saying you want country road take, take me, home me home to the, to place. the place where I belong? Yeah, that's exactly what I said. I said the two words together, country road. Go ahead and sing. <laughs> you also said hometown. Oh, yeah, bonus points if you live in West Virginia, of course. Yeah. Kill me! Kill me! <laughs> this game also this game also has a lot more bottomless pits than Sonic Adventure did. And for the most part, it's okay, I think. Yeah. Because Sonic Adventure was not, like, difficult. Well, not right until the end. Like, when you get to fucking Sky Deck, it becomes a nightmare, but... <laughs> oh, yeah. But, I mean, Sonic Adventure 2, after City Escape... Also, not that many bottomless pits in Sonic Adventure. Sky Deck. Yeah, okay, so there is Sky Deck. At least when you die in Final Chase or Last Rush, you see a little burning trail. Yeah. Yeah, that is cool. When you die in space, you burn up in the atmosphere. Unless you die upside down in space. It might have happened to me once. I can't remember. Crazy Gadget is a great level. <laughs> oh, oh yeah, that is that is probably the worst level. Do you want to talk about Crazy Gadget right now, or do you want to like make our way there? Well, I want to hit one thing on City Escape really quick. I, okay. I guess a couple. Okay. I think City Escape does this amazing thing that I love so much, which is the entire level is sort of sloped downwards and upwards yeah. back and forth. So you feel the momentum of going downwards a lot. And then when you're climbing upwards, there's typically a bunch of enemies and a way to get up that slope faster. Yeah. And then you go down another slope. So it feels like the sort of roller coaster that you're pushing forward yourself, which is a nice design yeah. in general. And then it also has a good method of sort of winding left and right without making you turn in in problematic situations. Yeah. Right. So I think that sort of solves a lot of the problems in Sonic Adventures early Sonic levels where you have to turn, but you have to do it manually and it feels really gross and it usually makes you run into a wall. Yeah. That doesn't really happen in this game. I, I would agree with that. I think the level design in general is a lot better from a gameplay standpoint. Yeah. It just, I think especially because Sonic Adventure really tried to sell its narrative, tried to build the levels sort of around the narrative and like make the environment feel natural. And this game doesn't really try to do that. I'm going to disagree with you on that, but we'll get to that when we hit Sonic's third level, which is the sixth level. Which is uh, Green Forest. Yeah, we'll get to Green Forest. But, so, I wanted to ask you guys specifically how you felt about the gun truck that chases you down the hill at the end of City Escape. So, it's fun, I think. Alright. Like, it's, if you just hold down, you'll be fine, has been my experience. But also, as a kid, uh, who was very bad at all video games, uh, I have, I have died to this truck in the past. So never underestimate how bad somebody can be at a game, I guess. Well, my thing isn't the truck is hard to deal with. My thing is that that part of the stage obviously pans the camera behind you so you can see the truck, which is nice. And that's yeah. fun the first time you play through. But as you go on in the game, you'll realize that getting the rings during that segment is important. Yeah. And 
you literally just have to memorize the ring location yeah. for that segment, and you have to have them memorized because it doesn't show you them before they're already past where you catch them. Yeah. So I really hate that. Like, I feel like if the camera were panned out more, or if there just weren't rings in that segment, like, I would rather there just not be rings in that segment, because then it doesn't feel like I'm missing out on something. But as it is, once you learn the mechanics of this game and you learn that every ring counts, that part feels really bad, because you just have to memorize it. And I think there's, like, like ten or maybe even a dozen different, like, ring patterns that you have to remember. There's... I want to say it's six. I, I was just playing through this level right before the podcast started. And I actually pretty much do have the locations memorized. It might be eight. I thought it felt like way more than that to me, but I could be wrong. Because I thought that, I thought there were like three on each segment, and are there only three segments of that? Yeah, but there's only there's only two per segment. Sorry, are you talking about ramps? No, we're we're talking about the the ring groups. Like basically, when you're running down the hill from the gun truck, it pans the camera backwards, oh, yeah. so you can't see in front of Sonic. You see behind him, and there are rings in front of him that you have to get if you want a good score. And it's weird because the earlier part of this level has a similar situation where you're going down a ramp and there are ring like stretches of rings, but I feel like they're placed in much more rational locations. Like the road actually has yellow lines, like a real road would at the edges of it, yeah. and that's where the rings are. So it kind of guides your eye there anyway. And you also get to see them earlier before you're right up on top of them. Mm -hmm. So you may not get them all, but it's way easier to memorize because you can see them, and they're also frequently like they lead up to a ramp. So you just know that you use the ramp to kind of guide yourself. Yeah. Well, plus they're also longer. Like there are. If you miss the first part of the rings, you can get to the rest of the rings before it's out. Yeah. Which is not really the case in this in this segment. I know you want rings because of the Chow Garn, but like... That's not even it. It's because of the score. Well, sure. But like, you're usually pretty good by then. I don't know. There's also the ramps that you have to predict, which I could never predict even to this day. Oh, man. Like, and that matters for score, too, because in this game, we talked about how Sonic can do a little trick where he, like, rolls and then jumps, and that can actually get you points if you kill enemies that way, I think. Yeah. But there's also, if you hit A at a ramp when there's certain downhill segments, which, again, City Escape is really good at teaching you, because you'll see these ramps all over the place, and they definitely make you want to hit, like, the A button on them. Yeah. And if you time it right, Sonic doesn't move whether he's on the snowboard or just on his feet, and that'll get you points. It'll say, like, radical or cool in the top left, and it'll show you how many points you got. And that, again, reinforces that score matters in this game in a really fun and interesting way that even, like, old Sonic games that actually had score counters were really bad at doing. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it feels good to complete a certain task in this game and then get rewarded for it. And it does it for almost everything that you can do. Like, when you do a good, like, light speed dash, it'll reward you by just saying, like, oh, that was cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And timing gets you better scores usually, especially on the ramp. Yeah, like, if, or if you can do a bunch of, like, homing attacks on a certain group of enemies. Or, like, a certain number of rail grinds. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, if you can, like, do a number of rail grinds without touching the ground, at the end of it, you'll get a score bonus. And that sort of stuff is really nice for teaching you how to play the level and making you feel good about it. Yeah. Yeah. And City Escape all the way through does that great until you hit this gun truck. And by the way, it, I keep saying gun. I don't know if that's clear to everybody what that is, but that's like uh, the military organization that is hunting down Sonic the Hedgehog. Yeah, the military is hunting Sonic the Hedgehog. Also, gun is an acronym. I don't think we ever learn what it's an acronym for. It's like Guardian of the United Nations or something like that. Yeah, I know the UN stands for United Nations. Or something. Oh my god. I Alright, that's interesting. Yeah, it, it's very ironic. It's it's cool. And they, they replace most of the enemies there are Eggman robots in like Eggman base stages even like... even in the arc it's it's gun like enemies 
Yeah. Which is interesting. Yeah, the only other, like, Eggman enemies that we get are these things that look a lot like Gamma, but they have two guns instead of one, so they should just be Beta. Yeah, they're E-1000. And then there's also, like, there's also monkeys yeah. that throw bombs at you. They're from the original Sonic game, so. Well, yeah, they're in the their first Sonic adventure. Yeah. Well, I mean, they're actually, they're the guys in the right. trees that, yeah. I think it's, I think it's cool because, so the gun, the gun mobiles give you Chaos Drives, or Chow Drives, or whatever they're called. Chaos Drives. Which, which you can give to Chow, obviously. And they don't alter their appearance. Yeah, we'll get to that. We'll get to that later, though. <laughs> we we will. But the the Robotnik enemies behave identically to how they did in Sonic Adventure. Yeah, they gave you animals. you know where animals pop out, and those animals are in this like floating ball that you have to like like run into. Yeah, you have to pop and all of that, uh, which is cool. So Gun stands for Guardian Units of Nation. Oh yeah, I, I knew it wasn't like United because that would be too on the nose. Yeah, they're also all robots. Uh, I think it's it's very interesting because because you can play as both the good guys and the bad guys. It makes sense that they would want a third thing that you're actually fighting against. Yeah, a neutral third party. Yeah, so they they wouldn't have to come up with with because like what would Eggman be fighting aside from Sonic himself? Like <laughs> Sonic doesn't have robots. So, uh, the military does. Tails, Tails definitely could have built robots for Eggman to fight, and that would have been way cooler. That yeah, but cool. I don't think, I don't think it, it works as gracefully. Yeah. Wh why not? Like, hold it. Are, are you telling me that the military hunting down Sonic the goddamn Hedgehog works better than Tails making robots? I do think the military hunting down Sonic came before the enemy design. Tails meets the president, and then the enemies don't stop hunting Sonic down. So are we going to get into the story now? No, not yet, but I'm telling you, Tails meets the president, and then the police still hunt Sonic down. How does that make sense? Yeah, it's like National Treasure 2. Yeah, Nick Nicolas Cage. Oh, so Nicolas Cage <laughs> makes it make sense. Yeah, remember when Nicolas Cage kidnapped the president? I know that's not what Sonic and Tails did, but... No, that's in a different game. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Alright. Anyway, let's get back to talking about level design. So, we like City Escape, right? Everyone's a thumbs up on City Escape? Yeah. With a little little question mark at the end on the gun thing, which is still- the gun truck is still pretty cool. Well, because I think- I think most Sonic and Shadow stages try to have something memorable at some point in them. Yeah. <laughs> well, that should be every video game ever. <laughs> I mean, yeah, but I mean- But City Escape already has the snowboarding. That's- that's true. I also think that the there's a segment in City Escape where you come to this little park area, which I think is super yeah. nice. Yeah. And that's the part that I remember the most. If there's one thing I can say Generations did well, it's the park part in Generations. Maybe it's the fact that I've played this game for hundreds of hours, but I do think every part of City Escape is memorable. Yeah. I like the advertising, just seeing all the posters. Like, we talk about the soap yeah. advertisements, but there's just like a bunch of like Sega things like, oh, here's a burger, uh, Chaos Cola. Oh yeah, the the Sega Burger, of course. <laughs> Chow in Space now available on DVD. Chow in and Space, now, yeah. We got Chow in Space too. This multimedia franchise contained within this freaking game. I want to know the plot of Chow in Space. Well, let me tell you, when they rebooted in Sonic Generations, it was terrible. Oh man. Oh, and also there's like an advertisement for the Knights Hotel, and then you see the Knights Hotel in Radical Highway. Yeah. yeah. There's the Knights Building in. So also there's like one post in the original Sonic Adventure 2 that says, like, join the anti-XXXXXX2 League, which is basically meant to mean anti-Sony PS2 because that was the thing that killed the Dreamcast. Nice. Sticking it to the man. 
<laughs> so City Escape has the snowboarding and then the truck. Yeah. Metal Harbor has the missile. Wait, 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 wait. You're going way too fast. We need to, I... <laughs> no, I think that's a good transition. No, it is, but like, don't go to the end of the level. No, you're right. You're right. Let's talk about Metal Harbor. So basically, in the plot of this game, Sonic is running from the police because they think he's Shadow, which is a hedgehog that is the ultimate life form, and Eggman finds him in a hole because Eggman's granddad made Shadow the Hedgehog, and Shadow the Hedgehog has DNA from a giant lizard, but he's a hedgehog, and then he can use the Chaos Emeralds to teleport, and then he uh, has to fight Sonic, and the gun people think that he's Sonic, even though he's not Sonic. Even though he does not look like Sonic. Like, at all. There's a bit in... You you see in Dark Story, they have, like, camera footage of a close-up on Shadow's face, and they're like, the black hedgehog, Sonic. And I'm like, I don't I don't think that's true. Listen, I know he's a little bit darker in this game, but he's not. You see the direction <laughs> of the spikes? You see that You see that nice red streaks? You see those... The, the friggin' eyeshadow? Eyeshadow! He does have eyeshadow, the hedgehog. He <laughs> has eyeshadow, the hedgehog. It's great. But, yeah, he gets arrested, and then Amy breaks him out. Well, Tails was supposed to, but I guess Amy beats him somehow. Amy Amy, and Tails work together to break him out. Also, Amy is like a like Russian spy-esque like, character in this game. Oh, yeah! <laughs> She's like, keep your voice down. And she, like, dives in from the, like, rafters or something, doesn't she? Or does she just walk into the room? I forget. She she walks in. She But she does, like, a little dance. She twirls around to be like, yeah, I'm saving the day. Yeah, she seems, like, cool in this game. And we don't get to play as her, which is weird. Because she seems, like, she already seemed pretty competent in Sonic Adventure. But in this game, she seems like she's, a like, an, an important element of the team. Also, low-key, this game has the best Amy model ever. That's all I'm gonna say. Like, a lot of the models in this game look really good and Amy's in particular looks, like, amazing. I don't know why she's not playable other than the two-player mode. It's weird because she, like, they have, like, a running gag, basically, uh, for the second half of the story about how she's always, like, left behind and, like, never gets to do anything. Yeah. Right. And then in that half of the story, the only purpose she really serves is that she's, like, held hostage. But I also think that's, like, they held her hostage in the best way. Yeah. With an actual gun, by the way. Yeah, <laughs> friggin' Eggman's gonna shoot her in the head, which is amazing. But so, <laughs> so at this point, like, Eggman leaves a message across the whole place being like, hey, so I'm holding Amy hostage, and then while you're playing through the stage, every minute or so, he gets more impatient. I thought that Tails called Sonic and told him that he had Amy hostage. So he does, and then Eggman... Like, lets you know again, yeah. Yeah, there's, there's a bit, like, three minutes into Crazy Gadget, where Eggman's like, Sonic, if you don't hurry over here, she will die. And I'm yeah. like, Jesus. But, I mean, I think that, like, this was a huge missed opportunity for Amy to be cool. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And even, like, she does get left behind a lot, which is funny and kind of, like, bad writing. I never actually noticed that, like, running gag. It's Well, it's because the writing isn't good. Yeah, but, <laughs> like, like, I think it's cool that she's still able to keep up with them. Like, yeah. she's left behind, but only by the length of a level. And yeah. then she's in the next cutscene, like, she got back... <laughs> Like I think I think if you were gonna do this bit like in a in a funnier way, you could have her like running to catch up with everybody at the end of the scene. She finally catches up, and everybody's like, "And break!" and they all split up, and she's like, "Oh, I just got here." It's like Bowser and Paper Mario, Thousand Year Door. <laughs> yeah, 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 like exactly that. In a much better written game. 
<laughs> yeah. I just wanted to say that this game is not well written, but it's probably the best written Sonic game. I, I think I agree. I think that the plot goes places that are actually interesting. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Like, the character plots in Sonic Adventure can be good. Like, mm -hmm. Gamma's is good, and Amy's is okay, because it's just Gamma's plus. <laughs> <laughs> We have a table for Gamma plus one. <laughs> but I think in this game, the overarching plot is more enticing in general. I still don't think it's good. Like, it's nothing compared to what we have in games today. Right. Yeah. But, like, for a kid, it's like, holy shit. Holy shoot, because I'm a kid and I don't cuss. <laughs> there's, there's a really good scene in Dark Story where Rouge is, like, looking at Project Shadow on the ARC computer. Yeah. Which, maybe we should describe what that is, but first, this scene. I mean, we've already, like, jumped around the story. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We're all over the place. Yeah. So, so Rouge, Rouge is looking and Shadow's like, hey, quit doing that. Also, I know who you are. You're a government spy. And Rouge is like, maybe I'm a spy, but you're still a phony. And she holds up, like, a piece of paper that's like, hey, so this ultimate life form thing, this doesn't look like you. So, like, if this is the ultimate life form, then who what or you? what is standing in front of me? And yeah. Shadow just, like, gets mad. And I'm like, this yeah. is an excellent scene. Yeah, I actually forgot how good that scene is. And also that Rouge is, like, unfortunately one of the better characters in Sonic. <laughs> Rouge is actually an amazing character. And I hate it because I hate Rouge. Yeah, because it's a bad head on a woman's body. It's a it's a bad character design and a really good character. Hold it. Rouge's bad head is super it cool. Is. It's everything else that's the problem. I, you know what Isaiah <laughs> yeah. really likes about Rouge? No. You... No. It's, it, it's, it's, it's her ear jiggle physics. You're... <laughs> I hate everything about Rouge. Her ear jiggle physics are amazing. Also, her boobs have jiggle physics, but it's the ears that we're talking about. The ears are more pronounced because they're a huger part of her body. Also, to be clear, she has a singular boob that sort of juts out of her chest like a diving board. <laughs> it's really it's really gross that they decided to give a Sonic character boobs and, like, cleavage. Well, furthermore, we also have this problem where all female Sonic characters wear clothes, where the male Sonic characters don't wear anything, and that's weird. That is definitely weird. Like, it's- there's a lot of, like, this is- this is the era of Sonic, I think, where the most, like, EDGE Sonic porn fan art happens. Yeah. Sorry. I mean, yeah. And, like, I know why. Like, I've played these games. Like I said, <laughs> best Amy model. But I- okay. <laughs> No. And I, I hate it. Like Oh, also Amy has shorts in this game. Does she? Amy has shorts. Never mind, I'm not I'm not gonna think about it. <laughs> They retextured Amy so that the obscene panty shots in the previous game are, I guess, not as obscene? Yeah. I, I feel like we're, we're dodging, like, a big part of the story where uh, the reason Eggman awakened Shadow is because his grandfather had, like, a giant weapon just orbiting the Earth. It's just, like, a small, like, a small brown moon that no one paid attention to that, you know, explodes and turns into this, like, half of a death egg that just shoots a laser. Like, like the actual Death Star. I don't th know if the Death yeah. Egg ever actually shot a laser like that but like no this one is just the death and like star, yeah. it destroys yeah. like part of the moon and that's like an, in a really cool 3d rendered cutscene. and then it's like oh crap this is like serious and so we have they have to go up the arc and that's where amy's held hostage and where shadow was and shadow has this whole backstory with this girl maria that she has flashbacks of and like oh man i'm actually getting goosebumps talking about the story i just want to point out real quick in the cutscene where eggman blows up the moon which we do see twice by the way yeah there's, there's 
there's a lot of text on the screen at a bunch of different points. And most of it is stuff you don't need to pay attention to. And by that, I mean all of it. Doesn't it also just say Eggman? So there's a bit where the marquee on, like, the theater that the the big screen... Yeah, it's, it's, it's freaking uh, Times Square. So the marquee in Times Square has been hacked to say Robotnik is a genius, Robotnik is great. <laughs> and I just love the idea that Eggman, he hacked every computer to show his message right. throughout the world because they show you different parts of the yeah, world like, people reacting like to France this message. and Egypt and yeah. yeah but then he was also like that's not enough I need to go after their like light shows let me get this green screen to have all this text yeah this is some serious like Digimon level bullshit it's really good also Eggman has like a new base in a pyramid that has a shuttle that's how they get to space yeah, yeah. Eggman I guess was an ancient Egyptian alien yeah. <laughs> infested with ghosts so Sonic and friends are being tracked down by the government and to rectify this they chase down the president get into his limo like I actually love that that is my favorite scene in the game is tails in the president's limo yeah also am I remembering this right is Amy in the limo no. too no she's not it's just Sonic hops in and then tails just is there yeah <laughs> like I don't I don't think they sh <laughs> I don't think they show tails getting in I think they just like cut to him being in um, so so they get the signal of Eggman talking in a friggin Skype conference call <laughs> yeah and they're like he's in space so let's get to space how do we do that let's go to Egypt also the connection quality is terrible let's let's go to Egypt because there's a rocket ship hidden in a pyramid in Egypt and apparently knuckles and Amy saw him go in well knuckles should have seen him because he was trying to steal the master emerald again for some reason See, Knuckles, Knuckles, like, he steals the ember just so Knuckles can break it and he can have his stages. My my understanding when I watched that cutscene uh, again and then again, because you see it twice uh, in this game. So he can track the master, the, the Chaos Emeralds for... Is that he was trying to find the Chaos Emeralds and he accidentally tracked the Master Emerald. Oh. And was like, well, I can use it for something. And that's why, that's why he was not upset when it broke. And the Chaos Emeralds power the cannon, by the way. Yeah. You know it's a great story when one of the pivotal plot reasonings for a character who is a third of the story is there because oops. <laughs> yeah. Well, so here's the thing. Eggman is a genius. Isn't his IQ like 2 billion or something? Yeah. It's it's 300, yeah. Apparently this game was only supposed to be Sonic, Knuckles, and Shadow, but then people got pissed that Tails wasn't in it, so they put Tails in a mech. I don't know if that's actually true. I got that idea from like a, a video by the Key Critique, which you should watch, by the way, because he's really good. Or not, because it could be false. I don't know. Well, it could be false. He, he basically made a theory but i thought it was interesting but he made a theory it's true isaiah can you please go <laughs> jump off a cliff and just never return charlie post faces like crazy telling us this might not be true yeah well it's still probably anyway valuable. we've talked about the story and i'm already dizzy from this so let's hold it let's line up the story really quick in simple forms sonic yeah. is chased by the government tails tries to help him get the government off of him knuckles is on the side trying to put together the master mm -hmm. later sonic and tails go after the president so that they can explain to him what's going on and they find out they need to go to space knuckles is still trying to find the master emerald sonic and tails work together to get into space and onto the space colony arc and knuckles also goes to space because he's trying to find the master emerald because somehow it went to space well remember that like the shards got knocked out because he because like tried to take the shuttle and whatever you know i i would just like to point out the best line in the game which is they accidentally crash into a meteor the cargo hatch opens and all of the master emerald pieces fall out and and Sonic says, "Don't sweat it, Knuckles. The only thing in that cargo is the Master Emeralds." Like, 
Like this bit where he's like, oh no, we didn't lose anything important. Only literally the thing that Knuckles has spent his entire life protecting. Yeah, no big deal. No big deal. Don't sweat it, Knuckles. And so, of course, Knuckles takes control of the ship and crashes I, it. I like at the same time, Rouge is like, she's like hanging around the arc. She's like, well, I guess I'll get those shards that I know are in space now. Also, can we talk about the sexual tension between Rouge and Knuckles? Yes! Not, not until we get to Knuckles. Oh. All right, we'll wait until till episode two to talk about that. I mean, I guess that still counts as the plot, but we're going to have to go over the dark plot. I ship it hard. <laughs> I'm sorry. Please don't listen to me. I actually think that I felt like more plot happened in Dark Story than in Hero Story. Right, that's why I'm trying to really quickly brush over this so we can get to the Dark Story. Yeah. So, they go to space, and then they go to the Space Colony Arc, which as we discussed is sort of the Death Star, but with Eggman's actual face. Like, it's just his face floating in space. Yeah. Space face. <laughs> We go to we go to the the space face. Yeah, and then on there, like Amy gets kidnapped, and there's a bunch of like fighting and whatnot, and we get to eventually just a big fight with Eggman, where we're like, please, Eggman, don't blow up the planet with your laser. Yeah. Because for some reason, he's Eggman has gone full like stupid scientist, where he just wants to blow things up because he wants to blow them up. Well, it's it's like I'm gonna blow up the planet. You have 24 hours to give me control of the world, or else I will destroy it. Yeah, but they're not gonna give him like who's going to give him control of the world? There's the not president, one person. The president was in a Skype call with him. Yeah, but the president doesn't own Earth. <laughs> He'll talk with God. I know, man. Like, he, he's just like, hey, America, can I have Earth? And it's like, whoa, who decided that they get to... <laughs> it's also, I mean, it's not explicitly the American president, but it is probably, like, definitely... It's not, it's not the fucking Japanese president. Yeah. It's a white guy. <laughs> that's that's true. Oh yeah, by the way, Tails engineers a fake emerald. Oh yeah, he just does that very casually. That's like why he needs Sonic and then yeah. Eggman Eggman like notices there's a second emerald. It's like, how did you and then Tails like No 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 you can't <laughs> undersell this. You can't no, undersell he, this. He make... this is the best line in the game. I know Isaiah said there was a best one earlier and we'll probably say it again, but this, no doubt about it, is the most quotable, like, oh my god, how did this get written line in the game? Yeah. <laughs> So how did you know about the fake emeralds? Because you just told me, Fox Boy. And then Tails just like has this like O face for like three <laughs> seconds. It also like slowly open, like his mouth slowly opens. Yeah. It looks like a Sonic Adventure animation. It it it's the most Sonic Adventure animation in the entire game for sure. I, it's such a good. I moment. also want to note that Tails says Bernoulli. He references like a real mathematician to describe the shape of the arc. Yeah. I, that's that's all I want to <laughs> say. I just want to mention it. <laughs> Occasionally, Sonic goes places. They wanted to the, the the bit about the Chaos Emerald, right? Is that they made a fake emerald that is not as powerful as a real one, but is like like reverse polarity or whatever, so that when they plug it into the the cannon, it will cause an explosion instead of powering up the cannon. And it can still do Chaos Control, by the way, as seen in Shadow's final boss fight, because the final boss fight is just Sonic versus Shadow. So now we need to describe Chaos Control. So so. Well, no, we need to start with, dark, like, Dark Story, period. Like, yeah. so, Dark Story opens with Eggman actually going to get Shadow, which is super cool. Yeah. Because it feels almost like you're unlocking Shadow in that yeah. way. Yeah, yeah. And Eggman's gameplay is incredible. We'll get to that in a minute. So, I kind of hate opening Dark Story, because it's just like, hey, start off with the worst part of this game. But, like, well, yeah. think of it this way. I mean, aside from, like, the stupid racing games, 
this is the first time you get to play as Eggman. And like, yeah. it's weird to have Tails yeah. in a mech, but like, he is in an egg mobile that's just fit into this kind of walker. Yeah, Eggman feels way more natural, and I agree with you that like, aesthetically, for sure, he's way cooler. But yeah, he, he breaks into the, the military base, he finds Shadow, and then he types in a password that is literally just his cousin's name, and he doesn't even acknowledge that <laughs> it's his cousin's name, but it's actually his cousin's name, Maria. Yeah. Anyway, he gets Shadow out, and then the military's like, hey, you stop, and then you get to get your first taste of Shadow and fight a, a gun mech, which Sonic also faces. It's pretty much the same fight, but like a little bit harder in one way and a little bit more exploitable in another way. So it sort of evens yeah. out. I also think that like the boss fights in this game feel like at least one notch above the previous game. Yeah. They're not great. They're still not great, but a lot of them have better game feel to them. I actually feel exactly the same way. Because the character versus character bosses are actually bosses. It's not like, oh, let me just like press B over and over again against him. Oh no, oh no, <laughs> oh no. I actually still hate the character boss fights because they are not programmed very well and yeah. like the yeah. AI just decides when it wants to be hit. They're still better though. They're better for sure. Yeah, they're better. I was just, I think the only thing I wanted to say besides that was that Sonic's first boss fight and I think Shadows has this as well, but there are boxes around. Yeah. And this boss does a thing where it has a hover mode and a standing on the ground mode. And when it's standing on the ground, that's when you're supposed to be able to hit it. But you can hit it while it's hovering if you hop on these boxes. So this game has, mm -hmm. like, exploitability by design, which I love. But it can also destroy the boxes with its little machine gun. Yeah. Yeah, so you gotta be careful. But anyway, uh, Shadow's a genie. He says he'll grant him one <laughs> wish, but only if that one wish is to blow up the Earth. Yeah. <laughs> I will grant you one wish to blow up the Earth. Wait, hold on. I actually, I just wanted to bring my, my wife back to life. Nope. <laughs> and Sh Shadow's, like, already gone destroying planet Earth. Yeah. yeah. Go to the space colony arc and bring the chaos emeralds. And Amy's like, where the fuck is that? <laughs> yeah. But meanwhile, Rouge's like, I'm gonna steal the Master Emerald, and we, you know, we already know what happened to the Master Emerald, but Eggman, he's like, haha, the government will never suspect my base inside this pyramid, even though the government is also hovering around his base hidden inside this pyramid. Yeah. But he gets in there, he's like, hmm, wonder what they're doing up there. I guess I know the coordinates to the Space Colony Arc. Let me just teleport up there. Yeah, also, he has a teleporter. And then Rouge also breaks into the uh, thing, and they go into the machine, the Arc, and he's like, all right, we're going to do this, get the Chaos Emeralds. Like, Rouge's like, ha, I am here too. And she's, like, hanging upside down like a bat, which is the only time she ever does that. It's also yeah. the only time she ever flies. Like, she glides... Yeah. But in this cutscene, she just flies for real. Yeah, like a bat, like a bat. And they're yeah. like, all right. So there happens to be three Chaos Emeralds hidden in the space, and that's it's kind of cool that you have a treasure hunting stage where you're just searching for three Chaos Emeralds. Because <laughs> yeah. the Chaos Emeralds are, like, so, like... Like, I know in the first game, it's just like, oh, you get to get these things because they're part of the plot. Sometimes they're the end goal. But this time, they're yeah. just kind of, like... They're even more tertiary to the plot, or not to the plot, but just collecting-wise. Yeah, they're yeah. just rocks. Like, they're yeah. just rocks. But they're, they're still very important, as they always are in a Sonic game. Yeah. I like this more than getting them at the end of a level. Getting them at the end of a level always felt wrong to me, no matter what yeah. happened. <laughs> but it was just kind of cool to search for them too, right? Yeah, in this case it's fun because you have like actual emerald radar, which is something mm -hmm. we hear about but never get to use. Yeah. yeah. Speaking of that, they they go to the base. It's like, this is not my idea of a vacation. And they all have cool little missions. And Shadow was going to... Shadow was, like, busy fighting Sonic. But Rouge got caught by the government after facing another gun mech, which doesn't land at all. So you have to take advantage of Rouge's gliding ability and whatever. Yeah. And then Shadow has a flashback about Maria. I mean, he has another one earlier for radical... I know I'm jumping around. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, it's okay. He's like, troublemaker. And he rescues Rouge. The 
island blows up because that's what they're doing when they steal the emeralds. They're just like, we're, they're not going to know what hit them. Blows up? <laughs> and then they go back and then they're in the ark and then there's the, sh the threatening and the emerald and the yada, yada, yada. Oh, they also chase down Tails because he has the last emerald, which I want to talk about the emerald. I know we talk about him reverse engineering it, but like <laughs> Rouge is like, I have a piece of paper that says that Tails got this Oh, Emerald yeah. for rescuing Station Square. I wish Eggman was like, oh, yeah, I tried to do that. <laughs> but, like, he, he gets that Emerald from Station Square, presumably after, like, Perfect Chaos destroyed the place and then somehow yeah. got rebuilt. And you're like, oh, we have this Emerald. Here, you can have it. That's, like, also the only reference to Sonic Adventure in this game, so right? So, the last story sort of has a reference to it. but this Where? Okay, so... So the Tails thing, the specific like headline is that he gets an emerald uh, for saving Station Square from a missile, which is yeah. the it, yeah, that's the missile that Eggman launched. That proves that Canon Tails actually did something in Sonic Adventure. Yeah, PX, yeah, which is good to know. The other reference is in the last stage, uh, which is literally in the last story. It's it's not really a reference. Like it's it's almost more of an Easter egg, I guess. Yeah. But so you know the the final sequence when you're playing a Sonic, literally the last like 30 seconds of gameplay, is when yeah. you go into what stops looking like technology and starts looking like ancient ruins. Oh my god! And you have like this this snake sort of path with the waterfall. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And that those models, I believe, are lifted directly from Sonic Adventure. Yeah, from Lost World. It was like in the cutscene following that, Knuckles like, "Whoa, that looks like the altar for the Master Emerald," and it looks very similar to like that model from the flashback sequences. Yeah. Right, but like that's in every Sonic game, like or not every <laughs> Sonic game, but every Sonic game with Knuckles. You bring up a really good point because like that sequence is like so uncanny that you're going yeah. from this technology to this throwback to thing and then like and the music changes to sonic adventure music as well that's really neat it's very similar yeah and like the chaos like the thing where the emeralds are like hosted that move around it's like a pulsating heart yeah oh god this game <laughs> it makes me feel so many things and i love it <laughs> I want to mention right now, I haven't actually beaten the last story in this current playthrough yet, okay. so, like, that's why I don't remember that stuff happening. Yeah. Well, let's, uh, finish the dark story, because, you know, after he threatens him, he's, like, he, he secretly steals the emerald after, like, everyone's cheering over Sonic blowing up the cannon. <laughs> everyone's like, yay! And then just a hand comes out of the corner of the screen. Because he, he actually launches Sonic into the stratosphere, but it blows up, but <laughs> Sonic used chaos control because fake emerald can work that way. But, yeah. yeah. Also, anyway, Sonic can use chaos control now, I guess. Yeah. He couldn't before. It's a, it's a simple fight or flight response. Come on. There's, there's two things I feel like we glossed over about this story. One is Rouge is a, a double agent working for the government. Yeah. So she just is the best character. Mm -hmm. Like, her, her, she always says her motivations are just that she likes shiny things and knows how to collect jewels, right? Yeah. But actually, she's working for the government to find information about the Ark by working alongside Eggman and then double-crossing him at the last second. Mm -hmm. And they're paying her in jewels, so she wasn't lying that that was her motivation. Yeah, I was going to say, like, she definitely just likes shiny things. Like, she does just like shiny things. But the other thing is... Chaos Control actually is a power that is new to the Chaos Emeralds, yeah. and it actually makes one emerald 
important. Mm-hmm. You know. Well, it doesn't, it doesn't make any one emerald. It doesn't make like a particular emerald important. It just means that you can use one emerald instead of having to always have seven. Yeah, because I remember you, Stephen, talking about in the Sonic Adventure episode how it felt cool how each emerald, like it wasn't just all or nothing yeah. because the emeralds evolved chaos specifically. Yeah, and they feel almost like mechanical for him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and I feel like this sort of adds on to that, where just one emerald gives you access to something that you didn't with zero emeralds. And yeah, so for there sure. is a difference between having one and having zero, where they didn't used to be. It also establishes this connection with Shadow and the Chaos Emeralds that makes him feel cool because he has access to this thing that Sonic doesn't. Yeah, until he does. And especially because Sonic has had so many games of experience with the Chaos Emeralds, Shadow knows something about them that he does not know. Yeah, he's the new Knuckles. I don't think it's that he knows something. I think, like, to me it always felt that Shadow was, like, A, not comfortable with his body, which we get <laughs> more into that with, like, Shadow the Hedgehog. But I think that, like, Shadow doesn't know exactly why he's doing the things he's doing, but they, like, feel natural to him, which is way cooler than... Or not cooler than... Yeah, it's like instinct. Yeah. But it's cool juxtaposed to Sonic, who also seems to act on, like, instinct, but it seems more like Sonic is a free spirit, where yeah. Shadow... Is the ultimate life form. And always, always questioning himself, which is way more interesting yeah. than being the ultimate life form. Yeah, Shadow is, like, a finely tuned, and he needs to be in balance, whereas Sonic has no... Has none of that. Yeah, Sonic always rolls with the punches where Shadow feels the need to punch. Yeah. <laughs> I do think their their rivalry, there there are several encounters between the two of them. Uh, two different boss fights, both of which are not good. Yeah. And a lot of the cutscenes are like, look at these two, like, each trying to be as good as the other, each seeing the other as an imitation of themselves. You know? Right. Because Sonic literally says the military has mistaken me for the likes of you, right? You're the fake hedgehog. And Shadow is like, I was created 50 years ago, you're the fake. Like, I'm the ultimate life form. I was designed to be perfect, you're the imitation. Right, but it's funny because Shadow is still... Like, it feels like Shadow is kind of chasing Sonic by the end of this game. Yeah. Well, so so there's a line uh, at, at the end of the story, which is not a spoiler, so it's okay that I'm telling it out of order. Where right. uh, Sonic just kind of reflects on the fact that Shadow is supposed to be the ultimate life form, and I I saw this on like a Tumblr post, so it could just be false. But uh, <laughs> apparently in the Japanese version, like it was more directly saying like, so the ultimate life form was a hedgehog, huh? You know, like yeah, like what a what an interesting coincidence, you know? I mean, Shadow is like 50 years older than Sonic, technically. Yeah, that is true. I like that a lot. It like makes hedgehogs interesting in the Sonic universe in a way that they haven't been before. Yeah, yeah. And, and especially because Sonic is Sonic has powers, like. Yeah, Sonic clearly is different than, like, Tails or Knuckles. Yeah. And, like, I think that that's cool because it sort of makes hedgehogs into this, like, sort of, like, the equivalent to, like, elves from, like, High Fantasy or even stuff like, like, the Kokiri from Zelda where they have this connection to an ancient mystical power. Yeah. And the same thing is done for Echidnas. So it's like, we have a couple of different races in Sonic that, like, have these ties to the lore of whatever is going on, which is still very, very poorly explained. Oh, for sure. Like, I can't... We can't stress enough here. The the plot and a lot of the stuff that's going on we think are really cool, and the writing is so bad. Well, and also there's just, like, questions, like, what is a hedgehog in the Sonic <laughs> universe? Yeah, well, especially, like, Amy doesn't have any innate powers except apparently the ability to summon a hammer. <laughs> yeah. Well, like, 
like we get echidna stuff like the comics expand upon this more but like in sonic adventure yeah. that's the best part we get echidna stuff and we see that they have a culture and a society and they have these ties to the chaos emeralds yeah. that like make that feel put together but why do hedgehogs have the ability to use chaos emeralds yeah that's a good question maybe it's because they're just both spined animals yeah that's the other <laughs> thing like they have to be cousins right I, I guess so i mean one lays eggs and one doesn't you got that right that's weird wink at echidnas so eggman grabs the emerald that Tails had the real one, and then the cannon set up for the last story. And I don't. Do we want to talk about the last story while we're at it? We could, or we could save it for the next episode, whichever you feel. Let's make him work for it. Okay. <laughs> I something we kind of didn't talk about with uh, Sonic, and I mean, we kind of talked about it. We kind of glossed over it. We have a new mechanic that is an especially major staple for Sonic, and that's grinding rails. And the soap yeah. shoes like really do that because they're like meant for that. They got that yeah. little arch. And I think that mechanic was added because of the soap shoes, right? I think it was added before, because the sponsorship was very last minute from what I heard. Okay. Yeah, I think that grinding was always going to be a thing. But it, it it's a really cool way to introduce it, and when you get the bounce attack with Sonic, it makes hitting the rails a lot quicker, so it's a lot... It's a much cooler ability than something that just really just supposed to let you get higher up. Yeah, I like bouncing onto rails. It feels really, really good. Oh, yeah. It's just a shame that Shadow doesn't have it. If the rail is pointed downward, then, like, you get that extra boost from going down. Yeah. Like, you're just much faster. It's very cool. So, so speaking of, of Shadow and power-ups, something that uh, I was sort of thinking about while I was playing through is that a lot of the power-ups feel a little bit unnecessary. So, I mean, the breaking metal metal boxes is sort of like, oh yeah, you can do this thing that you already could do with a different item. Yeah. And it's just sort of a gate, which we sort of sort of got into with the, the mystical melody. Yeah, like gates, ga power-ups that open gates are bad. Like, they're not fun. I think for me, the best use of unlocking new abilities within a game is to basically introduce mechanics to a player gradually mm -hmm. so that they don't get overwhelmed by too many at once. Right. Well, no, that's not what I mean. I mean, just like not being able to play all of Sonic's levels are, is a dumb thing. Yeah, but I'm, I'm like, I'm saying as a designer, like this is what unlockable abilities in a lot of cases should be for is giving the player a lot of abilities, but giving them over time so they don't get overwhelmed and also feeling cool for unlocking stuff. But I feel like the problem that Sonic and Shadow in particular have is that Sonic has a bunch of power-ups that one, do nothing, and two, that Shadow doesn't have. Like, Shadow doesn't have the bouncy ball power-up. He doesn't ever need the metal break power-up, uh, so that's, that's an optional one. But I also feel like instead he should just get upgrades that Sonic doesn't have so that yeah. their yeah. gameplay diverges over time. Yeah, like if you could teleport as him? Yeah, like they start identical and over time they become like very different. Yeah. What I always wanted from Shadow was to ever be able to teleport. Like, yeah. I, this is just the thing for me, I love teleporting in video games. Oh yeah. Like in fighting games, if there's a character that can teleport, like I'm on that right away. <laughs> and like if Shadow, instead of doing a homing attack, teleported behind enemies when you tap the A button in midair. nothing personnel kit. <laughs> I think they do, yeah, I guess they do a what? little bit better with the diverging in Sonic 06, but, you know, that's Nothing Personnel garbage. Kid uh, is actually a DeviantArt Sonic the Hedgehog meme. Anyway... You'll, you'll understand 
when you're older, kid. I also wish Shadow could- I, I wish everyone could do one of their abilities from the two-player mode, which I guess we'll get to that more later, but basically when you get a certain amount of rings, you hit the B button and cool shit happens. But if yeah. Shadow could throw his spears, like, in the regular gameplay mode as, like, sort of a an equivalent to Sonic's magic hands, yeah. it's like, you don't need to ever do this, but it would be cool to be able to. Yeah. Like, wouldn't it be fun to, like, strike enemies down with weird chaos lightning? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And not only in two-player mode. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Like, I feel like Shadow could have these cool abilities, and he just doesn't. And that's okay. Like, I think the game still plays well. Oh, yeah. It's just, it feels like missed opportunity. Yeah. And, like, there are still a lot of mechanics at play. Like, every stage has a mechanic, you know? Right. Yeah. Final Final Chase, which I know is literally the last Shadow stage, it has these, like, cylinders with gravity that mm -hmm. is specifically for them, and the whole yeah. stage is built around, like, being like, alright, you just gotta get close enough to that that the gravity towards it activates and use that to maneuver to the next area, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it feels like a better version of Sky Deck. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Final Rush doesn't really have a cool mechanic, just a lot of rails, but it has some unique ones, I guess, which is fine. Well, it's got that mechanic where you can jump into outer space, and if you nail it right, you can land on a different rail and skip yeah. entire segments of the level. Oh, yeah, I love that one. There... There is a lot of jumping from rail to rail. I think that's the overall theme of... Because, yeah. like, if you, you start that stage, if you start it right now, you're on a rocket, you blast off, and you can land on literally one of three rails that take you in three different directions. Really works with the music, by the way. Oh, yeah. So it's... A lot of it is non-linear. Like, there's a lot of uh, different paths you can take, and they all converge a bunch of times, of course. Right. Yeah. We were, I guess if we go to levels, you were going to talk about Metal Harbor, which had the rocket. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it also just, it teaches you about Lightspeed Dash and then works it in, in really cool ways because it takes right. you from platform to platform on this big, like, ocean base, which is just yeah. awesome. Aircraft oh, yeah, aircraft carriers. Like, it feels super good to, like, fly from, like, a little, it almost looks like an oil rig to, like, an aircraft carrier mm -hmm. to, like, the base of the rocket. It's, it's yeah. fun to make those transitions. I need to point something out about that rocket. They don't call it a rocket, they call it a missile so where are they firing the missile and why are they firing it early <laughs> yeah they fire it as soon as you get on regardless of the countdown five four three fuck it <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but but why are they firing the missile and who are they firing it at uh they're testing it in case north korea attacks us so this is this is 2001 america so uh i don't think it's this was before 9-11, okay? It was, it was, hold up, I had the release date. Uh, oh my god, this was before 9-11? It was, it was June 2001, so it was before 9-11. Oh, yeah. You're right, you're right. This also, by the way, was celebrating the 10th anniversary of Sonic. Well, of course it was. Just yeah. want to throw that out there. What were you going to say earlier, Charlie? Oh, yeah. In Metal Harbor, you can, when, once you have the light speed dash, there's a part where you can do it early to get to that, to, you know, just move faster, which is really cool that you can just do that. I do think, like, the coolest part about Metal Harbor is the part in the rocket where if you're just not satisfied, you can go to a higher layer on the rocket just to flex on yourself. Like, obviously, it's for more points. Like, obviously, it's for more points, you know. You needed to get an A rank. Yeah, but, like, it's so hard mm -hmm. and entirely optional, and I love that. Yeah, it's really smart. I guess the gimmick of Green Forest and White Jungle is just the vines. I think you wanted to say something about that level. Stephen. Yeah, I wanted to say, Isaiah was like, nothing feels natural. And I was like, I think that Green Forest feels way better and way more built into its environment than anything in Sonic Adventure ever did. Because you have the vines that swing around the trees, but you also have just like... Mushrooms you can pick up. 
Yeah, well, that's there. But you have, like, you have trees that you climb up. Like, you climb up trees in that level. Yeah. And that feels awesome. My biggest issue is really the, like, the infinite pits that you fall to your death in. Which, I don't remember if that's if that's water or not. I'm gonna... It is water. water. It's water. It just, it's like, that part feels very, like, unnatural because that's not... It's kind of How a swamp. A do. Yeah. yeah, no, it's a swamp. What do you mean? It like definitely feels like a swamp because you technically would go back to it in Shadow the Hedgehog, the game, but that's something else. Yeah, well, you also kind of... It feels like the level in Heroes as well. But, like, I don't think that... If your problem is the water at the bottom, that's like a pretty weird nitpick to me. <laughs> I guess. I mean, Green Forest... I will say Green Forest and Metal Harbor are both pretty, pretty good at, at feeling yeah. like... Amazing? Also, oh, what was the level? I, I'm gonna look through the level select. It, it's an Eggman level, actually. It's um, Weapons Bed. Weapons Bed is, weapons is really cool because in in the story, you're like, alright, I'm gonna distract the military by friggin' messing with their crap while you two find the emeralds. And so you go literally to the harbor where all of the weapons are. One might call yeah. it the weapons bed. And it's a bunch of gun robots that are not active. Can we talk about this when we get there? Yeah. Because this is, we're, we're, we're running a little short, and I want to talk about other levels. This is yeah. already going to be a long episode. Like, Radical Highway's on a suspension bridge. It's cool. Kind of, It's like a new speed highway. It feels kind of like the Golden Gate Bridge. There's a lot of, like, that color yeah. to it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it helps the San Francisco a bit. And then it's also, like, over the edge of the city. So I think that yeah. is kind of another part that's inspired by the Golden Gate Bridge. Uh, Sky Rail, well, has the rails, but also has these cool springs that if you keep homing attack, it gets you higher up. Yeah. Uh, Pyramid Cave, that one's a little controversial because, <laughs> I mean, it has the cool time puzzles, which is nice. But then there's, like, the... Oh, get this object and put in a keyhole, and now you can go. I think it's yeah. I think it's just tradition, apparently, in Sonic, that all pyramid levels need timed mechanics. That need to be terrible? Well, no, but the picking up a block thing is awful. But to be fair, in this level, you do not have to aim it. Yeah, it's it's yeah. much better than Amy's in Sonic Adventure. Right. Yeah, and, and the circle that you drop it in, like, you can drop it anywhere in that circle, and it will home in. And so it's, it's a not, huge circle. Yeah, right. it's not that bad. I think the purpose of that, and it really only... I mean, there are two things you need to pick up and put down, and the first one is TG you that you have to pick up and put down and the other is a sequence where you have to pick something up and then avoid obstacles while you're carrying it and therefore while your movement is inhibited which is interesting but not necessarily good no it's not good but again it's a very very small part like it shouldn't be there but it doesn't hurt the game the way that amy's did like amy's ruined her entire gameplay well because it, it took so long for amy's and it was four things twice and I, I really, this really didn't feel nearly as tedious as it felt in Amy's because you pick something up and then you just need to be good at avoiding obstacles, which is... Yeah, it's running. Yeah, which uh, comes a lot more naturally. And then our last level for these games is Crazy Gadget, which is probably the worst because it has, these, it has this cool gravity mechanic, but like the last segment is so tedious because you're just on these blocks. The last segment, in theory, is the coolest because for most of the level, you're in closed space. And yeah. then uh, in the last segment, you're literally in open space and you're messing with the gravity and you're landing on these multicolored blocks. And in theory, it's cool because you're sort of recontextualizing the same environment. But in reality, number one, you can get lost. And number two... Platforming. Yeah, it's it's just weird, like... Here's platforming where the camera is bad. Yeah, I wish the camera changed with the gravity. If that happened, it would be fine. Yeah. 
But also, the fun part about this is that the game, that's exploitability by design, because the game knows what you can do with those gravity mechanics. Yeah. Because if you, so basically, there's this thing where you walk out into a platform and you hit a switch and it flips you upside down. And that's the first thing that happens. And this stage has gravity mechanics before that, but they're mostly just like up and down and it's kind of just to get to switches you can't normally see. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But in this case, it puts you on these different multicolored platforms like they were talking about. But at the first one, there's a sort of long stretch and if you spin dash and jump off of it and just go flying you can actually get to the last platform in that segment from the first one yeah and then oh. if you do that and you hit a switch you realize that the goal to the level is locked behind a gate that isn't open yet yeah and if you turn around there's a spring that sends you back to the beginning of it so they know you can get there right away i've never tried that and there's even rewards on top of... There's rewards on top of some of the platforms that you can't get to unless you cheat the gravity. Yeah. So it's exploitability by design in a level, which is super fun, because it's usually only on bosses. Yeah. It just... I feel like you have to be really clever to make that truly satisfying, and I don't think it quite got there. No, I also ended up geoing because I was messing around with that. Yeah. So that's when I stopped my hero playthrough and went over <laughs> to dark. Yeah. So guys... Yeah. Uh, Sonic Shadow gameplay. Thumbs up, thumbs down. Thumbs, thumbs up. up. Yeah, thumbs up. Plot. Thumbs up, thumbs down. Oh, that's a much harder question. That's a thumbs up. I don't care. I think ultimately up. I like the plot of this game as far, like, especially compared to the previous game. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the voice acting feels somehow worse. Well, that's because the rest of the audio is too high. I've yeah, got a pro the... tip. Play it in Japanese. I liked it. That's that true. might be a good call. So, so the... Charlie, you were you were talking about the audio, the music is way too loud. There's also some voice overlap. Isaiah, you're an old man. It's no, shut up. It's not just because I'm not cool at parties. That is true. But also in the cutscenes, the music it plays oh, yeah. at too high a volume and the people talk very quietly a lot of the time. And sometimes there are entire voice clips that don't have subtitles for some reason. Yeah. Eggman is especially quiet. Yeah, Eggman is weirdly way quieter than he is in Sonic Adventure 1. But he is a great voice actor, so... He is still the best voice actor, but you can't hear him anymore, so it doesn't matter. I don't know if there's actually a difference, but I, I played this game in Japanese this time, and I've played it in Japanese before, but I played the story in Japanese this time, which I had not done before, and I think that, like, first of all, the overlap on the voices, that is exclusively because it's a Japanese dub. Yeah, well, because they couldn't reanimate the, yeah. the yeah. cutscenes, so they just... Oh, no, they, they could have, they just chose not to, but well, the... <laughs> yeah. The voice, the voices look much better with the faces when you play it in Japanese, obviously. Yeah. And the, I think they're actually louder because I never had a problem with the music distracting from the voices. I'm not sure. I don't know if there's actually a difference or if I'm just like more used to. Maybe I'll music, change but... the language and, and watch the cutscenes and see how I feel. The only yeah. issue where the music is too loud is like the cutscene for Sonic and Shadow towards the end. But other than that, it's. I think it's. I think it's the entire time. I think it's. It's hilariously bad in that cutscene, but I think the music is always too loud. Just word of advice, when you turn this game on, make sure you have your volume down a little because it's always going to be very loud. Yeah. And it's also that opening sound that I'm sure we'll have at the beginning of this episode, which is just like the Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, follow us on Twitter at nospin-zone. And email us using the email nospin-zone at gmail.com. And follow me at twitter.com slash isiah games. I thought you were going to plug the Twitch first because we were doing all of the podcast-specific stuff. All right, all right, went. all right, all right. Go back and edit. Follow us on Twitch at nospin-zone. All right. And you can follow me at draws Charlie. <laughs> <laughs>
where I draw something every day. We'll see you next time with more Sonic Adventure 2. Brace yourselves. Bye. I'd like to thank the LAG Network for making our episodes available on platforms like iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and lots more. If you're listening on YouTube and you'd like to keep up with our episodes on one of these audio platforms, just search for the LAG Radio Network and follow their feed.